Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot Z A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you, 1233 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. We will tell you that Roos Chris Steakhouse, uh, which is Edmonton owned and operated in our city, 9990. Jasper Avenue, Roos Chris Edmonton, the 99th Roos Chris Open uh, ever. So that kind of is somewhat ironic. And it's open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. You can head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor, the staff at Roos Chris, uh, that Oilers now sent you. Well, look, uh, we have the U.S. election taking place, so we thought, all right, wait. Maybe we're not going to go in that direction. We are going to talk to a guy that spent a lot of time in Washington, both as a player and as an analyst. Never short of opinion, which is part of the reason why we have him on the show. We welcome back Al May. Alan, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Bob. You uh, staying sane down there? And are they staying uh, sane down there? What do you think? Well, there, there's been no decision yet, so the no, no one started breaking and, you know, rioting and doing everything because they're unhappy with you know whatever's going on but it's uh i turned the tv off the other night and i said i'm never going to turn on cable news ever again the rest of my life (laughs) and uh, i'm going to remain that way so maybe by the time hockey comes back they may have a president designated in the united states and someone will let me know who it is Okay, there you go. Well, can you know what's like uh, cable to watch, uh, you know, NFL or college football or something or something like You're just not going to watch cable news is what you're saying. Uh, no, and I have all the apps for all, all the apps for all the sports. So I'm going I'm going to be 100 percent streaming guy now. I'll get all my TV from Netflix and Amazon Prime and uh, all my sports apps. So I'm going to stick with my baseball app, my NFL app, my NHL app and I'm good. Uh, Whole Foods doesn't want their employees wearing poppies in Canada. As you know, Whole Foods is owned by Amazon. <laughs> so it never ceases to end, does it? And, hey, uh, if you don't want to wear a poppy, don't wear a poppy. And if you want to wear your poppy, wear a poppy. And you know what? I can tell you, I wear a poppy. But, hey, you're entitled to have, if you don't want to wear one, you don't want to wear one. It's got, it's got interesting times, isn't it, Alan? And, you know, it's, it, it feels like we're going backwards with everyone. Everyone's telling you what you can do, budding in your business. Uh, it's almost like we have less freedom than ever, and they're telling us that we have all these rights, but no matter what you're doing, it's wrong. 
and uh, before long you won't be able to wear blue on Monday. So it's gonna, it, it's 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 mind-boggling that you know all the political police and all the other police that are out there now uh, are telling us all what we have, what we can and cannot do, and it, it just it just is stifling, especially now that we're all kind of prisoners in our own homes. All right. Well, uh, on this show, uh, when it comes to hockey, we can talk. Because right now I'm getting texts. I don't agree with what Alan said. Stop talking that. I want to talk sports. I'm just kidding. We're not actually getting those texts. Maybe a couple. Alan's our Oilers now headliner today for Touchback Safety, a family business taking care of your family during uncertain times. Training sessions still readily available. Al, look, I know. I, I think you've said often on the show over the years, the Oilers are the team you watch the second most, next to the Washington Capitals, who, of course, you broadcast games for. I'd like to get your thoughts. If we end up with an all-Canadian division, how jacked up would you be for that? Uh, you know what? I really think it's genius, and I almost wish it was an every everyday thing. And we're not going to have an eighth team. We're going to have Seattle in the league. But when, when it comes in to make it up to 32, but I, I love the fact that we're going coast to coast again. And you're going to have, and I don't know if they're going to end up playing every game against each other because everything is so fluid right now. But I just love the idea of seeing Edmonton and Calgary more, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Calgary, Vancouver, all of these teams that have these incredible young players, the stuff out in East, Ottawa's rebuild, the way they're going with all their young players, Montreal, you know, trying to do what they can to stop the ship from sinking. And then Toronto, you know, the Stanley Cup champion every year, July 1st or 2nd. And, uh, you know, all, all of these teams. But I'm very excited to see, and I, and I hope it does co- come to fruition, that we do have the Canadian division. I, I think it'll be absolutely spectacular. I think it'll be the most watched hockey ever over the course of a hockey season in the history of Canadian television. And I think it'll be great for the network up there. And I think it'll be great for the game in general and all the young people that are playing hockey in Canada, you know, boys and girls, to be able to watch these Canadian players that were just Canadian teams, I should say, because there is no Canadian team anymore. But uh, as far as all Canadians, but you look at it, I just think it's an exciting time. And the NHL, you know, they, I thought they, they nailed it, what they were able to do with, you know, the hockey season in the summer and the Stanley Cup being awarded to the, to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I really think with, with all the uncertainty right now to get the teams in Canada playing each other, I think will be absolutely spectacular. Tell me this. When you played, and you played in the Patrick division, and there were some battles back then, and, uh, you know, you were one of the Washington Capitals hammers back in the day. Did you get jacked up when you went into Montreal and Toronto? Because you didn't come out west a lot to play the Oilers. But when you're and well, you know, were you a guy that got pumped up to play in Canada, especially on hockey day? Well, you know, I was seriously let down the very first time I played in Maple Leaf Gardens. It was nowhere near uh, as to what I expected. And to tell you the truth, I never watched liked watching the Maple Leafs growing up, and you know, I was never a Canadian <laughs> fan, but I loved watching Canadians games. And the uh, difference to me was night and day was top to bottom with going into Montreal. Everything from landing at the airport to the energy of the city, and especially on a game day, the, the feel in Montreal, just in, in a morning skate. I played yeah. my second NHL game there. I played about my seventh with the Capitals uh, when I was a rookie here, but I was at the Boston Bruins, and I could not believe the atmosphere. So, you know what, to this day, when I go into Montreal to work on television, it's the highlight of the year for me. Absolutely love it. But Toronto, I, I like it a lot more now that they're a new arena, but I, I really never liked it back. But I, I'll tell you what, I had a different feeling going on. It was kind of youthful exuberance and just 
the fact that you're playing on Hockey Night in Canada or a Monday night TSN game. And, you know, those things were great. It was that great that my family got to see me on the local channels and their friends and my relatives and you name it. And then as far as being in the, the smash trick or, you know, the, the Patrick division playing in the game where we had all of our, like, drop-your-gloves rivalries, that, that was completely – it was a completely different attitude going into every one of those games. But – like I said, Montreal was always a highlight to go. I loved going to Montreal. You know, and the funny thing is, and we don't all have to like everything that comes out of Quebec politically, but I need to reinforce this point to everybody listening to the show. It is a religion for hockey in Montreal. They know the game. They appreciate top-end players on other teams. There's a, like, look, the Oilers have McDavid and Drysaddle. When those guys are on the ice, there is, even Nugent Hopkins, who's had some huge games in Montreal during his career, there's a nervous apprehension, and you can feel it because they know it. And then the broadcast locations are so good in Montreal, and the fervor is built up during the course of the game. And guess what, Al? Now... They got a pretty like they're a way better team right now than they were heading into you know this time last season when they're 15 games in a year. I mean, they've added Jake Allen in goal. Uh, they've added Edmondson, who's a hard-nosed, tough defense. That's a physical defense that they have, and they might be better built for the playoffs. They've added to Foley and Josh Anderson up front. Um, I, I think they're going to be a considerably improved team. Get, now, I'm just going to ask you to do one through seven. How you would rank the Canadian teams, and a reminder for our listeners that can jump in on the Ashley Fine Floors tax line, 780-496-0063. The Oilers had the highest uh, winning percentage last year of the seven Canadian teams. The Leafs were second. How do you see uh, the, a Canadian division shaking down, Al? Vancouver, Edmonton, Toronto, Montreal are my top four. And Vancouver, Vancouver just has... They've got a lot going for them. They can really scoot. They've got excellent goaltending. The addition of Braden Holpe as well is really a help there. I like the look of their defense and the the, the tempo and pace that they play at their game. Edmonton still has to get everyone in line with how the system needs to be played for Dave Tippett. They're, they've got great top-end players. I like what they've done at the skating, the players they've gotten rid of, the players they've added. Uh, they're, they can still do things. Once the season starts, we'll see bodies start to move around the trades. Toronto, I, I always throw them shade because everyone thinks they're the best team in the league every single year going into it. And That's why know, I, love having, that, I love having you the, on the, the show for this. Yeah, the cockiness that comes out of Toronto every year. And I sarcastically say they're the Stanley Cup champions. They have the parade every July 2nd, and I never get to, to take it because someone else always ends up winning the Cup. But, you know, they have, they have a lot of good pieces in place. Uh, but at the same time, I think they get caught up in being Toronto Maple Leafs. And, you know, they, win or lose, they're, they're still the best team in the world. And to me, I think that hurts them. That hurts their overall attitude. Uh, but, you know, I look at that in the Montreal. They've got the pressure. They've, they've gone to a grittier type of roster. Uh, they've got rid of some of maybe malcontent attitudes. Uh, they've got people that want to be there. Phenomenal goaltender. I like the way their defense is looking. So, when I look at those top four teams, I, I don't understand what Calgary's doing right now. What Winnipeg's put themselves in a, in a weird predicament. And Ottawa, of those bottom three teams that I think will be the bottom three, has done a lot of great things with young players. And, you know, in a few years, you know, if their fans and everyone can stay behind them, they're going to really develop into something dangerous. 
Yeah, the biggest issue in Ottawa is that, you know, it's kind of like Elizabeth Taylor, and this isn't my line, this is A.J. Jakobics who works in Ottawa, right? After the fourth or fifth, ma- mar- uh, you know, divorce and new marriage, you realized it wasn't the guys with Elizabeth Taylor, it was Elizabeth Taylor. And in Ottawa, after <laughs> after after the fourth or fifth, uh, you know, fallout between ownership and a star player in Ottawa, you realize it's not the star players, it's partially Eugene Melnick. Well, now they have a whole young group of young you know terrific young players i got to keep that group together i want to circle back to vancouver because al i have i have vancouver at five now they added two guys that you know well brayden holtby in goal and nate schmidt on defense and you know i mentioned tana would be a loss for vancouver many would say schmidt's a significant upgrade uh, I, I i do think that schmidt's a top three defenseman i think tana was a legitimate number three defenseman as well uh but you're obviously quite bullish on vancouver those two players in particular do they you think they give the i mean the canucks lost markstrom a lot of people thought he was the bell of the ball for free agent goalies well, I'm going to disagree with you 100% on your assessment of them. Nate Schmidt is, he never would have got to be the Nate Schmidt we know right now had he been a Washington Capitol. He'd have been the sixth defenseman, seventh defenseman, treated that way the entire time he was here. The greatest thing in the world, he got to that energy and he was able to take his attitude and that feel good story that they built with the Golden Knights. But the guy is phenomenal at getting the puck down the ice. He plays every game. Chris Tanev, one of the, my always, you know, my question marks with him is, you know, I was a guy that, you know, pulling for the Capitals. I'm saying if we could get Chris Tanev, but Chris Tanev seemed like he was hurt a lot. He, he was always banged up. Nate Schmidt is durable. The attitude, um, I, I know nothing about the attitude of Chris Tanev. I've never heard a bad thing about it. Yeah. But I know that the energy that Nate Schmidt brings to a team is all positive. He's a guy that rallies everyone. He is an absolute goofball, which you need to have on your teams. you got to have fun. You need to be upbeat. You need to keep the negativity and the black clouds out of your room. I think he does so much for that team, and I'm still bullish on Braden Holpe. You know, when, the way this team was coached and, and the way the systems they played the last couple of years, you know, he wasn't protected, and he probably had more breakaways than any goaltender in the National Hockey League and stop more breakaways than any goaltender in the National Hockey League. But there were so many defensive breakdowns, the, the, the high-danger traffic, and I think that with everything that they're doing in Vancouver with the young players that they have, uh, I, I think they, they have other players. I, the, the loss of Toffoli bothered me. I thought he fit in well there. But I, I still believe that they have so many high-end players that are being brought along the, the, the right way with Travis Green that they're dangerous. And they play a high-octane game. They learned a lot in the playoffs, and I think that's going to carry over to this season. All right. Uh, interesting perspective. We've had a lot of discussion. Mark Spector is going to join us at 105 today, Al. And he thinks the Oilers, you know, are too soft. And he says now they're built like the Toronto Maple Leafs were the last few years. My counter to that would be that's we're two and a half months at least away from the start of the regular season. There might be, and you can still make some changes before the playoffs if Edmonton does indeed get in the playoffs. Does the NHL play a different game in the regular season than the playoffs? Oh, absolutely they do. And But but one of the things we're seeing from the last few seasons is the Capitals played a heavy defensive game to win the Cup. The Blues played a heavy defensive game to win the Cup. What did Tampa finally do? They started to play a heavier defensive game. So I, I know one thing about Dave Tippett is that Dave Tippett 
teaches the fundamentals of the game, both sides of the puck. They've got a lot of talent on that team to, to start scoring goals. And I think Dave, you know, once he gets his team in lockstep of what they need to do without the puck and defensively in the defensive zone, and I believe you need to have lefty-righty defense pairings. Uh, to, to execute it and to move the puck out of the zone so you're not stuck there all the time, is that un- start unleashing the players, not just the top-end guys, but the other players as well. Once they understand their defensive priorities, that I, I think the Oilers are actually they're, they're set up to be a better team. And even though you know the playoffs, it didn't go their way, it's once again, they were on different pages. It's how they need to play the game. I really believe that Tippett is able to get grab their attention in a lot more areas as to how they need to play the game and everyone has to be playing it the same way and they always like to say the right way the right way the right way i get tired of hearing that but everyone needs to play the system the same way within every team whatever that system is for for it to be a good system and i think the oilers have what they need uh it's just a matter of their game plan execution every night some nights they're gonna have to slow the game down some nights they're gonna have to speed it up but the bottom line is this is the first year we didn't hear a lot of you know, like hacking on the goalies in Edmonton. You know why? Because the guys were playing a better defensive game. But as that gets better, you're going to hear how great these goalies are. And that's one of the things I've noticed around the league for years. Is A goalie, his team can play the worst system in the world. He's the worst goalie all of a sudden because he's letting in three or four goals. He's not keeping them. Well, they can't keep them in the games. I think now that Edmonton is realizing they need to play a more well-rounded game, that they're going to be a better team. They've got Tip should have the attention of the players. Is going to be, I think, a nicer-looking defensive core that he has right now. And I think these things are going to speak well for the team. Al, last year, basically at this time, the Oilers had McDavid and Drysaddle playing together. Nugent Hopkins on the second line. They had three top six forwards. Cassian was playing as a top six. He can skate, provide some energy when he's on. Since then, they've added Yamamoto, Cahoon, who's not a elite guy in any way, shape, or form, but I think you would agree can at least play as a middle six winger. Tyler Ennis, who had 35 points last year plus. Turris, and then we'll see what happens with Poliarvi. Are they a team with a different dimension now so they're not getting caved in on their third and fourth lines like they've been in the past because they can actually spend more time in the ozone? They definitely should be able to. And I think Kyle Turris is a very responsible player. I thought Nashville played the wrong system the last few years for the quality of players, for the style of players, or, or, or what their player skill sets were. I think he'll fit in under Dave very, very well. And Pujavari, I think with him, is all the noise is away. And he probably realized that you know, there, there's a lot of learning on his part. It is tough to come over and not know the language, and you're in and out of lineup. You've got to first, you know, you're, you're up, you're down, all the different things that happen. The media is tough in Canada. He'll be a better player, and there's not going to be all this pressure because there's other players that are being paid way more than him, above him right now. And now he's a guy coming back from Europe. He's not the first-rounder from this year or last year. So I, I like the complement of the team, and he's got a learning curve as far as you know, what it is to be a good teammate and a good NHL player over here. They've got superstars. Now he's got to find a way to fit in. And I believe because Dave's never coached him, it's going to be a lot better for him. Because to me, one of the greatest things about Tip is his ability to speak to every player at their level according to what they bring to the game. And I think he'll be a great mentor and teacher for him. So you just look at that. That kid's got a good shot. He can skate in straight lines. There are improvements that will be needed here and there, but let them develop properly. And Ken Holland's one of those guys that let everyone develop properly in Detroit for decades. 
And so they're not in a hurry to all of a sudden have Pulisari be a 50-goal scorer. He's going to be what he's going to be, and they're not going to beat him down for not being, you know, whatever a, a top-five pick is supposed to be. And I, I just think there'll be a great growth in his game. There'll be better puck transportation from the group that they have assembled on defense, and I think that speaks well to playing more minutes in the other zone. All right, final one for you, total curveball. George LaRock was on the show earlier this week. He talked about a potential celebrity uh, exhibition fight against Mike Tyson. Now, you were a uh, brawler back in the day with the Washington Capitals, and you had to fight all those heavies uh, back in the old Patrick division. Um, If it were you, would you want to climb in the ring with Mike Tyson? And I know it's kind of a pseudo-exhibition, but was that not a guy that when he was in his prime, he hit hard? <laughs> well, can I, I'm not allowed to drop the F-bomb. No. But n- no. <laughs> no way. There, put a word in there. Not a, da- not a damn chance because my son is actually a boxer. Okay. And he, he sends me videos every few days of Tyson's training right now. Yep. He, he looks bigger, faster, and stronger than he was when he was a kid. And I thought he was terrifying. When I was in the NHL, he was in his heyday. There's no yep. way. I don't even think on the ice, if he had never skated before, <laughs> I'd want to take a chance of getting hit by one. And I don't know what George is thinking, but if it happens, I'll, I'll pray for George. Uh, because even those half-speed punches have a way of finding their target. Yeah, I just, uh, the Lyle uh, Elzato fought uh, Muhammad Ali in an exhibition. Elzato had 45 amateur fights, Al. He went 44-1 and one as an amateur fighter before he focused on football, and he kind of looked like he knew what he was doing in the ring. And, you know, it was, put it this way, it was better than when Dave Smako fought Ollie. Like, you could tell that Elzato had spent it. Dave, at that time, as you know, was one of the uh, intimidating, most intimidating players in the NHL. I, I'm with you. I think George is on planet Zoltar this one, but I love having him on. And we love having you on as well, Al. Thanks for your time. All right. Thanks a lot. Take care, and I wish George luck and Zoltar luck as well. All right. You got it. That is Al May joining us here on Oilers Now. You, you can text us at any time at uh, 780-496-0063. Um, lots to... Uh, Lots to chop on. We're going to take a quick timeout. It is currently 12.54. I love having Al on the show every couple of weeks. He's got a, a real interesting perspective. No way if you see him in the ring. He was, and I'm sure Jack's going to go, I'll ask a spec coming up at 105. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Today, too. Give me more of your thoughts, one through seven, on the all-Canadian division, how it's going to play out. This is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30 Chat. The reigning Hart Trophy winner and uh, Ted Lindsay Award winner, Leon Dreisaitl. Listen, I've got a great sound to it. This is Oilers Now, Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. It is 12.56 in Edmonton, and uh, we are going to go to our Ashley Pine Flores text line, 780-496-0063. Kevin, 
took the time to send this text. Bob, agree there there was many sacrifices a long time ago, but do not forget the service and sacrifice currently abroad and at home. Great point, Kevin. Absolutely great point. And, uh, you know, have a terrific appreciation for anybody uh, in the military and anybody with our police services as well. Very important roles, and uh, there's been some a lot of criticism directed towards some of that of late and uh again hey we're all entitled to our opinion again you can text us at 7804960063 bob you were incorrect when you stated you never know uh, how much you appreciate a lawyer until you need one i bad mouth lawyers all the time says haas when i need them and when i don't they're necessary evils like that uh they're not all evil a couple are evil, evil, but not all evil. Uh, this text comes in from Rugged in Saskatoon. We're going one through seven. And Rugged from Saskatoon says, All-Canadian division. And again, keep that coming, one through seven. Rank an all-Canadian division for us. And it may change between now and the start of the season. Uh, Rugged says, I think Montreal Canadiens will win. Ottawa will push the Leafs around. Then the Oilers and Jets will fight for second place. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Ottawa's got a tough team. They're going to protect their young players. There is no, no question about that. Uh, Bob, how about Holpe to Colorado and back with Grubar? And why didn't, okay, again, you can text us at 7 8. How far? I think we just had a reverse, is that right? A reversed uh, text line come down the path there on our 1 through 7. Keep it coming for us. Lots of different people uh, have different, uh, Bob, all the teams from the weak west on top of the points percentage. Well, again, the Oilers of the seven Canadian teams last year had the best points percentage at 585. The Leafs are at 579. Uh, Vancouver was at 565. Calgary was at 564. And Winnipeg was 563. It was tight. Montreal came in 12th. They were at 500 points percentage last year. And Ottawa obviously missed the uh, play-in series. They were at 437. Mark Spector will continue down that path with us coming up at 105. Jack Michaels will chime in as well. But we'll head off to a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.